Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Crawl. Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through that illusion of separation. And I trust something you hear in this next hour will inspire you to practice a conscious, awakened lifestyle. Yep, to be fully present for others and alive to your highest potential. Sound intriguing? So... Does your life maybe need a reboot? And maybe it's time to realign your mind, body, and spirit, creating optimal health and practicing enlightened self-care. Yes, I said enlightened self-care. We'll hear what that means in just a minute. So this can be as easy as attuning ourselves to the cycles and seasons of the year. We're going to explore recipes and rituals from stress relief to lasting wellness. What would it mean to live mindfully all year round? Well, I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind, connect with your heart, and settle into your essential self as I introduce our guest, Randy Reagan. Holistic well-being expert, green living entrepreneur, and author is the founder of Green Bliss Eco Spa in Los Angeles. And also, this is this amazes me. I got to ask her what this is. This Eco Spa is the only award-winning mobile spa and wellness service in Los Angeles. I'm intrigued by that. I live in the middle of Nebraska. I don't know of an a mobile eco spa, so I can't wait to learn more. <laughs> for more than 20 years, she has led yoga and spiritual retreats, created experiences for healing and well-being, and guided groups and individuals with rituals and ceremonies to mark life milestones. Her new book, A Year of Living Mindfully, grew out of her popular blog, Randy Reagan's Mindful Living Almanac. All her work strives to provide readers with ideas, tips, and inspiration for creating a mindful, sustainable life. And this book is jam-packed full. I can't wait to share it all with you. Welcome, Randy. Thank you, Julie. I'm happy to be here. Mm, I'm really happy to be here with you. And, you know, I've, I've been in the mindfulness vein for many, many years myself as a psychotherapist and healer, and there's so much to it. But I love what you've done, Randy. I love how this book lays out. There's so much to it. I can't wait to tell our listeners more. But we do have a traditional first question here on the show, and I must start with it because it kind of helps to set our whole conversation into this greater context. So, Randy, can you share with our listeners what does all things connected mean to you? Hmm, well, I I love this concept and I it's sort of at the root of everything that I talk about in my work. I think seeing your life as a part of the greater whole within the balance of home and family and community and the world at large, connecting all those spheres and really operating on as often as possible daily basis, if you will, 
through that lens so that, because I think that that connection to all, all of those aspects needs to be paid attention to so that there is a balance and a wholeness to our efforts. And so connecting through those elements is what I think gives us our purpose and our, and our power mm. as individuals. Nice. Yes. And, you know, your book is a beautiful representation of that. It, you really have just embraced this meme of this good of the whole and, and all things connected and have really brought a, a beautiful prescription forward for our listeners. So thank you for that. I'm curious, Randy, let's start, though. How did, how did you get started? What is your story? What brings you into this 20-year career of green living, well-being expert, this entrepreneur? What brings you here? Well, um, I started my spiritual quest when I was very young in my 20s. My mom passed away from complications of breast cancer. And, you know, I was just coming into my young adulthood. And as you would imagine, that sort of sends you out in ways that you don't anticipate. For me, it just kind of propelled me onto uh, the spiritual path and, um, so I started reading everything I could, getting my hands on everything that I could, and I fell into a community of people who were studying with a Native American shaman. And that spoke to me immensely. It opened up my heart at, in so many ways. Um, and it was so beautiful. I just had no prior experience with it. I was raised in a traditional Christian household. And to come upon um, a spiritual Spirituality based in nature and connected to animal energy and connected to finding inspiration through what the world of nature has to offer and to say to us was mind-blowing for me. So I studied with a Native American shaman and his group, and he was specifically charged with bringing it to non-Natives. So his teachings were were made, what they call Métis teachings, which are meant for people of mixed heritage who are non-native and um, basically just grew from there. I went through sweat, you know, loved sitting in sweat lodges and doing all kinds of ceremonies related to the Native American path and then found the goddess path and started sitting in goddess circles. Um, And when I moved to Los Angeles around this time, um, found the Bodhi tree, which is this very old, actually just a few years ago, went out of business after 40 years of being in business and being at the sort of the ground zero of the New Age movement. Um, so I made a beeline for that for that place. Hmm. And then just, um, you know, like a lot of people, you just keep reading, you meet people, you sit in groups, you go to readings, you go to, you just sort of soak it all up and you find the stuff that really continues to resonate. Some of it you leave behind, some new stuff you bring in and um, when my daughter was born um, in 2001, I, like a lot of new parents, get very um, obsessed with trying to make the world as 100% better and healthier as you can, because now I've got a kid. Now I have a real interest in it, you know, um, and I joke, but that's sort of like the thought process that goes on with a lot of new parents. Like, I've got to make everything organic in my life. I've got to, you know, make everything perfect. Um, so I just, um, from there kind of started my, I was ready to, to, 
shift career paths out of working in the film industry, which is why I'd come to Los Angeles in the first place. And I sort of fell in. I was taking yoga, and my yoga teacher said, you should teach. And so I'd been teaching a little bit and started um, this idea for this mobile spa because everything in Los Angeles is so spread out and we're such slaves to our traffic situation that I thought, wow, if, if we could bring the idea of health and healing and spa pampering to people in their homes and it's all green and organic and healthy and they don't have to get in their car and drive, wouldn't that be great? And so I sort of dove into that without realizing the difficulties and challenges and wonderful experience of being an entrepreneur, but had never, I've never worked so hard my entire life during those first five years. Um, and realized, you know, that I was doing work that had synthesized everything that I was interested in my whole life. So it mm-hmm. kind of all came to, you know, full circle, as they say. And um, this book was just kind of born out of all the things that I've been doing and talking about and thinking about for, you know, over 20 years. So I thought, well, it's high time. I put it down all in one place. And I, you know, because um, I'd been spending a lot of time talking to people who were asking questions like, where do I find this? And what do you think about that? And have you researched this? And what do you know about that? And I was sort of already doing that when I realized I just need to put it all in one place. Wouldn't that be great? So mm. kind of do what you need. You know, you kind of follow your own instincts to create what you want yourself. And that's how this book kind of came to be. Mm, well, thank you. You know, I, so I just want to affirm you did a beautiful job synthesizing all of who you are and then creating this really beautiful, orderly way of communicating it. And I love that you've used the medicine wheel and, you know, there's, there's so much wisdom right there. So I'll, I'll let you talk about the medicine wheel, but I also want to just start by, introducing these the seasons that you bring to the listeners and they're so beautiful when you talk about spring as a time to detoxify and renew summer to expand and energize autumn to balance and fulfill and winter to release and contemplate and there's so much depth and wisdom with our seasons and cycles so i just applaud you yay for that and so (laughs) let's talk about that how you organized it around the medicine wheel let's talk about that inspiration and what that means in the book well it's just it's something that i've clearly been interested in for a long time and it's so logical to me i mean it just puts everything that you know about the world and its constructs and its elements into one place and it organizes it in such a way that it's just, it, it's beautiful, it's poetic, it's logical, it's, it's intriguing, it's mysterious, yet it makes a lot of sense. It's just got all of these aspects to it. And I've, it's just an unending well of inspiration and knowledge. Um, so it, to your listeners who found other similar things in their life that just keeps on giving you stuff is, that's been the medicine wheel for me. Also yoga, I would have to say. Um, anything that has depth and history and spiritual components and meaning is going to keep, you know, revealing itself and its depth um, throughout time. So for me, it's the medicine wheel was just sort of the first place to start um, because it 
it quantifies the four seasons as it does everything in the natural world with its own personality. So it gives the four seasons personality and qualities. And that's just so beautiful to me. Like I said, it's poetic and it's such a great place to start when we're thinking about connecting in a new way to habits and things that we want to bring into our life, ways that we want to construct our lifestyle, how we want to think about our health and well-being. It's like, what, what better place to start than looking at the energy and the rhythms of the four seasons? Mm. And so then what you did, before we dig into, I'd love to dig into summer, you know, and, and look at what's coming up, but what you did with this organization is you, you create the seasons, which are beautiful. And then quite literally, you have different sections under them of, of how we feed and nurture our bodies, minds, hearts, spirit. And so you, you talk about our homes, our relationships, our body. There's so much to it. Let's talk about the little sections that you include under each of those. So I start out with each season, just telling stories, um, talking about traditional um, storytelling from all kinds of, of um, heritages, a lot of mythology, um, from different things that just kind of struck my fancy to bring in the idea of what the season is about and what it does. And then we go into health practices that tie into the overall themes of the season. So, um, and it's also, it's, from the medicine wheel, they, you know, it divides the four seasons into the, uh, the four elements. So, it, for instance, water is associated with summer. Um, and then the four aspects of the human psyche. So mental, physical, spiritual, emotional, and the emotional aspect of human development is in the summer. And then they tie, the medicine wheel ties it to the four stages of human life, so babies, newborns, teenagers, adult, male and female, and then elder. So those things, those few things right there among many are the starting point of understanding the medicine wheel and its energies. And it's, when you break it down, it's so, again, it's just so logical. You have the growth of new and beginnings and babies and spirit happening in the spring when the natural world is budding and coming to, into being again after the storm at winter. And then by the time summer hits, everything is in full bloom. Everything's growing, expanding. You have long days. You have this energy that palpably shifts when we move into summer. There is an explosion of growth. And when we look at the human growth patterns in our, in our lives, that phase of when we're teenagers is one of explosive growth. And when we look at the, you know, the maturing of the human, of human development, it starts to, you know, really slow down and we get into this wisdom of our adulthood in the, in the autumn. So that by the time we get to the winter, we're in full-blown wise elder mode when we have to be still and quiet and patient. And it's just, to me, these elements and these rhythms are so incredibly inspiring and easy to tap into. So because they come naturally, they're just already there. And I think it's sort of encoded in our DNA um, as 
animals ourselves, part of the animal kingdom, and who we are as human species, we've encoded all of this for millennia. We've somewhat forgotten it as modern people, urban dwellers, but it's super easy to connect back to because all we have to do is open up our doors and walk outside. And, you know, no matter where you live, no matter what time of the year it is, you can connect to these energies. And that's more than anything what I wanted to convey through the book is nothing I'm talking about in here is complicated. You don't have to spend money to understand it. You don't have to hire an expert to come and show you what to do. You know, it's all kind of at your fingertips anyway. And so my purpose in organizing it the way that I have, and thank you for, under, you know, for really seeing that, um, is to make it super easy to pick up the book at any time and dive in and connect to the material. And you don't have to have researched and read the huge, you know, whatever body of knowledge that comes before it or after it, you just kind of dip in. And so in that regard, I wanted it to just be a reference book more than anything. Mm. If you do want to read it linearly, you can start in the spring and read it throughout the year. But you can also just start where you start and hopefully grab something um, and go with it Um, because everything is sort of broken down into bite-sized pieces so that you can Again, you don't have to invest a lot of time or energy trying to figure out what you're supposed to do. You can just pick it up and go. Yeah. And, you know, Randy, the other thing that I appreciate is we we can introduce mindfulness here into the conversation. But what you do is, um, you know, we've all heard so much about mindfulness. It's been a buzzword um, around for, for quite a while now. But what you've done is created this multi-dimensional practices. Um, it, it, it is. It is. It's, it's like this elegant guidebook that's multi-dimensional. So it's not just okay. Practice mindfulness. Chop wood. Carry water. But literally, from bringing in natural, organic um, ways to be in the world, to nurture ourselves, to maybe even like, I love that, a natural organic sunscreen. So you've taken mindfulness and then you've created, like I said, this multidimensionality of practices that quite literally anyone can pick up because it is so simple. The recipes are right there. The suggestions are right there. So let's, let's talk about mindfulness and then how you've expanded it into all of these other new ways of being through practice. Well, to me, um, I, because mindfulness is such a cool buzzword right now, I'm so happy to see it out in our culture so much now. And I think a lot of people, when they're new to the concept, think, oh, I got to figure out how to sit still for a long period of time <laughs> and empty my mind. And what if I'm not able to do that? Then I'm not mindful. So that's the first place that I sort of came at it from was like, you know, heck no, mindfulness can encompass a lot of different things. And most easily, just thinking about and being present with your daily habits. So the things that you do to construct your life on a daily basis, from the moment that you get up to the moment that you go to bed, can be mindful. And when they are, and you're you're sort of working that concept into all of your daily choices, 
then you're constructing an overall lifestyle that is keyed into something greater than just, uh, okay, I got to feed myself. I got to dress myself. I got to get out the door every day. I got to get my car. I got to drive. Your life can be like that where you're just putting one foot in front of the other and it's a, a drudgery and it's a trudge, or you can infuse it with mindful presence, being open to being in the moment and being aware of the present moment is a gift that you can give yourself a thousand times a day. And that gift means that you will, first of all, I think, move into a greater state of gratitude. You will be more thankful and feel more blessed about being alive. So that right there can address depression and angst and anxiety and stress. You make better choices about what you are going to put into your body through all the things that you're going to eat, the things that you're going to use in your personal care products, like the sunscreen that you mentioned. It'll start to make you more aware of how you go about your life and the impact that it has. As I was talking at the top of the show, I think connection means what you are connecting to through your habits, your practices your family, to your community, and to the world at large. And I think all of those things come into play and are balanced when you, as an individual, are thinking about how your feet walk on the earth. So when I break down each chapter into health practices, into exercises, into working with herbs and plants through aromatherapy and teas and tonics, to beauty recipes, how to take care of your body and pamper it, to what you're going to eat, to take care of your nutrition. All of these things are just meant to give you the jump start to thinking about, wow, if I, if I really take the time, just a moment, to consider what I'm going to eat, what I'm going to wear, and I do it from a mindful place, an organized, thoughtful place, then you've begun to spin a, a greater web of connection. Um, and it feels really good. It feels hopeful and helpful. Again, I think it's just an elemental place to deal with everyday stress that kind of creeps in, whether we intend for it to or not, you know, because you can always go back to these practices and you can always say, like they say in yoga, what you learn on your mat is really just the beginning. It's when you get off your mat that you put your yoga practice into play. So that's the truth about mindfulness. You know, being aware of how you conduct your life on a daily basis has incredible ripple effect out into the world. And I think that's very cool. I just, I kind of love that idea that we, all of us have the power affect change through just our little daily life. Mm. Yes. And, you know, the affecting the change is huge and yet it can all ripple backwards. If we reverse engineer this, these simple little tasks, choices, just like you talked about, are being present with our daily choices. What am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? How will I spend my time in this hour? You know, everything is so beautifully laid out. So I appreciate that. You talk about health practices, 
beauty rituals and what about our kitchen? What about our homes? What about our community? So there's so much there. It is just, it, oh, it's yummy stuff. So congratulations, Randy. Before we take a break, we're going to take a break here in just a minute. And we're talk so much more and hopefully bring some specificity to our summer rituals here and being mindful this summer. But let's make sure our listeners know how to find you. So where would be a website? Where do you want them to go if they want to find more about you, your spa, this book, where can they go? So the best place is to my website, which is randyreagan.com. And that's Randy with an I, R-A-N-D-I, and then Reagan, R-A-G-A-N, all one word, randyreagan.com. And I've got um, uh, ways to sign up and get on my newsletter to find out about workshops and retreats. Um, I've got a blog so you can read just daily things about how to work with food in season. I just wrote something about lemons I've because lemons are really just all over the place these days and all the things you can do with lemons. And, um, you know, whatever strikes my fancy. And, again, it's based on seasonal living, um, tips for responsible seafood eating to tips for being in the sun and how to do that naturally without a lot of chemicals, um, how to plan summer vacations that are mindful and thoughtful and eco-friendly to, you know, what are some good things to grow in your garden right now that are, you can turn into a tea really easily, a healing tea, um, so it's that's where the blog is, um, and then if you want to work with me on a on a ba- on an individual basis, there's ways to sign up and do that, and um, and just go for inspiration, go for knowledge, go for sharing. I want to hear from everybody that comes across my work and let me know what's going on with you and what you think about it. And I really mean it to be a community resource. Um, so I I really pay a lot of attention to how I can do that and be a source for information and knowledge. Um, so yeah, that's just go and visit and um, see what's cooking in the kitchen. As they say. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. We're talking with Randy Reagan, author of a year of living mindfully. We're going to talk about what you can do to be more mindful this summer. We're about to launch on the summer solstice. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back more with Randy Reagan. Hey, Larry, mind if I sit down? Nope. This coffee tastes like uh, coffee. So what's going on? Not much. What's new? Not much. Okay, but can you please put the newspaper down while you say not much? What newspaper? This newspaper. Oh, dude, what happened to your face? I see one, two, three, four, five, six. Dude, what is this? Eleven pieces of toilet paper stuck to your face? I'm shaving in the dark to save energy. I'm helping the environment. That's a dangerous way to help the environment. Well, sometimes you have to sacrifice yourself for the greater good. Dude, there's an easier and safer way to help the environment without sacrificing yourself. Go green, go public. Take public transportation. It's good for the environment and you won't have to live behind a newspaper. Wow. But for now, put the newspaper back up. A message from the public transportation systems across the country. To learn more, visit publictransportation.org. I'm home and I love it. 
I'm home And I love it I'm home Where I belong It's always nice to come home But these days Many Americans are at risk of foreclosure and losing their homes. Fortunately, help is available. Making Home Affordable is a free program from the U.S. government that has already helped over a million struggling homeowners, and we want to help you. I'm home. I'm home. And I love it. I'm home. I'm home. Find out now what your options are. Go to makinghomeaffordable.gov or call 1-888-995-HOPE. The sooner you act... The better chance we can help you. I'm home. I'm home. Where I be. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. Sassy. Sassy. This week's episode Danger at the Old Well. Last one to the Old Well's a rotten egg. Ha I win. Whoa! Ah! Sassy! Johnny fell down the well. I'm wet. <laughs> What, Sassy? You know where Mr. Gunderson keeps his rope? Go get it, girl! <laughs> what? You'd rather use this time to set people straight about shelter pet adoption? I'm cold! <laughs> people shouldn't be afraid to adopt from a shelter? <laughs> because shelter pets are screened for sound health and temperament? I'm wet and cold! Sassy, what about Johnny? <laughs> what? Let Johnny sit in the well until he learns to be more self-reliant? Sassy! What'd he say? Sassy is brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. Remember, adopt! Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe just listen to it again. You can visit our website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archives to to all of our past shows and this one as well, as well as listings of upcoming guests. So please check that out. It's thedrjulieshow.com. Also, stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. And we're talking today with Randy Reagan, author of A Year of Living Mindfully. She also has a Facebook page and a Twitter feed and a beautiful website. So check her out at Randy, R-A-N-D-I, Reagan, R-A-G-A-N.com. RandyReagan.com. And we'd both love to hear from you, so leave us a message. So, Randy, you know, the one thing that I really appreciate that you wrote in the book, you there's a quote here that said, at the end of our lives, two things will have had the greatest impact, how we've taken care of ourselves and how we've taken care of each other, and it's all connected. So what a beautiful way to look at self-care. And so often, we just choose to neglect. It's, I don't, you know, we're not being mindful. We're rush, rush, rushing. And we've come from this culture of really neglecting our self care and putting other people's needs ahead of ours. So I love kind of grounding that in this new way of the interconnectivity of taking care of ourselves and the quality of our life. Do you want to speak with that before we move into summer? Yeah, I mean, I think that is the essence of every everything that I that I'm trying to say with my work is, you know, definitely um, starting with how you take care of yourself. It's a sacred act 
taking care of our all aspects of our well-being, body, mind, heart, and spirit, is and should be on a regular basis a sacred ritual, a blessing, a self-blessing, if you will. Mm. Um, because if you don't do it for yourself, who is? <laughs> you know, that's that's really what it comes down to. And if you don't do it for yourself, then you're missing out on these really beautiful moments of being with yourself in ways that cannot be replicated in any other way. Sure, we all have partners that love us. We love them. We have kids who love us. We have family, friends, whatever. Those relationships all feed us in very specific ways and are important. But the one thing that you just said is so true. We forget that relationship with ourselves. and. I think, especially for women, we're in the role of a caretaker so much of the time and focused on taking care of everyone around us that we are the last people on that list, you know? So one of the things that I constantly try to help people get to is to not feel guilty about taking care of yourself. I mean, there's sort of an inverse paradox is that the more energy that you spend on taking care of yourself, the more energy you have for others. So when you can do that on a regular basis and it's really built into your life and your lifestyle, you can really see that there is room and there's time to do for yourself and that that gives you the room and the time and the energy to do for others. Mm. I love that. A sacred ritual or a self-blessing. How lovely is that? So is this what you mean by enlightened self-care? It sounds like you just yep. defined it for us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's and that's really just going back to our earlier um, conversation about just to, what does it mean to move into your life in a conscious, mindful way? And, and it really is. That is mindfulness. That is spirituality to me, is to be aware and awake, even when you're brushing your teeth, even when you're making your bed, even when you're pouring your cereal into your bowl, and even when you're, you know, just every everything that you do every day can be infused with a mindful sense of, okay, I'm in my life now, and this is me, and this is me doing these tasks that maybe are not so great and fun, but they do move your life down the road. They do have have to happen to keep the wheels on the bus. So they might as well be infused with a mindful, caring love and a blessing. And then you can elevate even the most mundane things, washing the dishes, washing your dog, you know, washing your kids' ears who, you know, they've been playing out in the dirt, whatever it is that's a just kind of a task you can turn into a sacred ritual. And especially when you're taking care of yourself, it, like I said, it doesn't have to be huge and big and you don't have to spend a lot of money. It can just be the everyday things. But, you know, maybe have a, if you love grapefruit, have a scent of grapefruit with some of your self-care products. Or if you love the smell of lavender, why don't you just have that by your bed every night before you go to sleep and when you wake up? That's a self-care ritual. That's a blessing. And it's simple. You know what I mean? So these are things that you can bring together. Because, yes, absolutely. This is so, I'm chuckling because I love the scent of grapefruit. And here I have a 
an essential oil right beside me, grapefruit. And when you said that, I just picked up my essential oil and opened that up and rubbed a little on. And I love grapefruit. So, so simple. Okay, let's expand this then, Randy, because summer is just a couple weeks away and this is my season. I love summer, this abundance of nature in full bloom, the lake, lake time. I I love to be at the lake. I love to be out in the sun. I love to be with all these amazing plants. So let's, why don't you start by, by saying more about summer, this time to expand and energize. And then let's, let's just talk about some of the specific self-care rituals and these blessings, this mindfulness of, of what we can do. What are some of those recipes and practices that we can include in our, in our day? So like you said, summer is all about expansion and moving out. And it's, to me, it's also the season of possibility. Uh, where anything, and I think that may go back to our childhood. It's our vacation. It's when we're out of school. It's when anything can happen and we have adventure. And, you know, a lot of people still feel that as adults, we can travel, we can go places. It's, it's full of ripe potential. And mm-hmm. I love the summer too. It's my favorite time of year. And um, I, I think for me, it is all about the possibility and harnessing the power of possibility. And, um, and I have a ritual in the book for summer called the Possibilities Ritual. That's super simple and lovely where you just, you take sunflower seeds, uh, which are the, to me, the sunflowers are the flower of summer. And, um, you, you know, the ritual is all about holding ideas for possibility for yourself. And planting the sunflower seeds as a way to plant those ideas literally into the ground and watch them grow. And sunflowers, as you know, can get huge very quickly. Um, And so it's a metaphor for what can happen to us in our lives if we're willing to just plant a few seeds with intention. So that kind of starts off the uh, the summer section. And then moving into health practices, one of my favorite things to work with, um, is with Bach flower remedies. Uh, to me, they are the essence of summer. The, on the medicine wheel, the plant kingdom is at the forefront in the summer. So a lot of what I talk about in the summer chapter is about working with plants and plant energy. And Bach flower remedies do that almost better than anything that I know of. And they're available online. Um, and I'm for those of you that aren't familiar with this, Bach is spelled B-A-C-H, Bach flower remedies, and they were developed by a homeopathic physician a hundred years ago. Uh, Sorry, not a hundred years ago, in the 30s. Well, 80 years ago, uh, 1930s. Um, And they take flower essences and they use them for all kinds of healing. And it really connects you to the vibrational components of these certain plants. And they are incredibly beautiful and they work to on a spiritual vibrational plane and it's just you take them orally a few drops under your tongue and let them absorb into your bloodstream and um, the most common one that a lot of people might be familiar with is called rescue remedy and it's a combination of I think seven different flower essences Um, so I love talking about working with the box flower remedies as a way to kind of be a companion throughout the summer 
Um, I love baths. I love the idea of taking hot baths as well as cold baths. And so there's a section on um, bathing, and I use the Japanese tradition of of communal bathing and how they have ceremonialized and ritualized bathing. It's an art in Japan, and it's so beautiful. And how to recreate a little bit of that in your own bathtub at home. Um, And then moving into other plant healing with aromatherapy, we talked about lavender is a big one in in the summer, geranium and tarragon. Those are expansive, heart-opening essential oils that give you, give your spirit and heart the openness and the sense of possibility and freedom. Um, And then working with beauty treatments, to me, it's all about being in the sun and working with the sun in ways that are healthful and safe. Um, And then using plants and fruits and all the things that are coming into the farmer's market, not just to eat as lovely food and nutrition, but to also use that in, you know, uh, in your beauty and pampering and downtime when you're having 10 minutes, you know, you can make a peach face mask. You can make an avocado hair uh, smoother and conditioner. You can take um, sunflower seeds, going back to the idea of sunflower in our lives, and make a mask out of sunflower seeds. So there are, there are tons of ways to, to me, ritualize our relationship to the plant kingdom throughout the summer. And the more the merrier, I say. I mean, I, I cannot get enough of all the things that are available to us in the farmer's market this time of year. Mm. Yeah, all the vibrant colors and all the amazing, it's just like, oh, the plants are so amazing. But you also talk about the water and the water is important. You briefly mentioned the bath, but in the book you talk about, I think I I prepared a quote for um, the show today, which was about um, just our readiness to I don't remember what the quote was because I don't have it here, but it's the immersion into the water. It's like we're on the verge of wanting to jump into the deep waters. Let's talk about water and emotion in summer. Well, to me, I think the medicine wheel really, really connects those two concepts. When we feel emotional as humans, when we are connected thoroughly to our emotions and we let our emotions um, have a place in our human expression, it's incredible. It's life-changing. And water, to me, is the, is the perfect metaphor when we cry out of laughter or sadness or joy or we've got tears, we've got water. Our body makes water. And we are water. You know, we, our essence, our human physiology is, is majority water. And so I think there's this pull, again, that's in our DNA to move to, to water and toward water in the summer. And um, it's this idea of immersing ourselves as a baptismal ritual with water in the summer that is so prevalent for me. I grew up in Texas where we have lakes, as you said that you have. We have lakes, we have rivers. And the rivers have all been dammed to make lakes. And then there are creeks that flow out of that. So we spent all of our time in those bodies of water when I was growing up. And to me, that's really the essence of summer is just, and now I live by the ocean. And so it's just going into the water in whatever capacity you have 
and letting that element kind of move into your life in all ways and and then coming home and taking baths and spending as much time as you can in the bath and, you know, doing outdoor showers if you're at a beach house and, you know, just staying with that connection to water as a way to cleanse, to purify, to soothe on a hot day, to uh, help, you know, when you've got frayed nerves and everything is just boiling over for whatever reason, to immerse in water is to really just reset. So uh, that's just sort of an obvious connection for me for summer. And um, connecting to it in a ritualistic way is even better. And that's what I was saying about the Japanese. I mean, this, this tradition they have of connecting at the end of every day in a bath, either solo, by themselves, resetting, letting the day be washed off whatever tensions and stress from the day gets washed away or in communal baths with their family. Um, it's a very big part of their tradition of being together and, and, and come, becoming closer to and um, supporting the intimacy among their family members. Um, and it's this, these beautiful rituals and everything has a place, the sound, the color, what you're smelling, what you're feeling, the clothes that you put on um, afterwards and how that transitions you into your family time at the end of the day after everybody's home. And, um, you know, they view the bath as something that slows down time. We view our relationship to taking baths and showers as I've just got to hurry up and get clean and then go and go out and do my day. And, you know, I think there's a real philosophical difference in the way that you can approach that time in the water. And um, so I just wanted people to think about that a little bit and maybe hopefully work that into their lives a little bit more because it, it can be incredibly, um, you know, just shifting, altering, life-altering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what a beautiful example. When you were talking, I was also thinking, Randy, about just... It, our relationship with water and you were talking about tears of, you know, there's, there's also this sweat thing, you know, in summer we get outside and we're more active and we're busy and we're literally, we don't mind when we sweat, when we're moving, when, you know, it's just this, it, it, there's just something different about our relationship with water in the summer. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. You're so right. It's uh, really feeling alive, I think, comes through in the summer more than any other time. I mean, and again, I think we're just, our DNA is programmed. We're feeling that on so many deep levels back through time for millennia. We are responding to this, and I think it also brings out a sense of play. It brings out that inner child, and when we become adults, I think we lose a little bit of that connection to that childlike part of ourselves. And to me, that is best represented through just awe and wonder at the world around us. If you've ever looked at it, you know, paid attention to the way children approach the world or when they're in their play mode, it's anything is possible. Imagination takes over and there's an awe and a sense of wonder about, you know, everything. And I think if we can capture that a little bit more in our adult lives, we're reconnecting to a real elemental part of who we can be, and it can spark creative thinking. I mean, we all need that in our lives and our work. 
demands creative thinking. So if we can connect to that in different ways through our summertime rituals, then I think we're also giving ourselves gifts that keep on giving, as they say. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for saying that, because when I think of summer, I think of this abundance of creative energy. I mean, this is the the harvesting and the riping, right? There's just so much creativity happening. You know, I we have about maybe seven minutes left in the show, and I want to make sure that um, we inspire the listeners with something else that you mentioned in the book, and maybe you can give us an example of this. But you talk about the seasonal wellness kit, and I think that just even mentioning this now would be another reason why they're going to say, you know what, I want to go pick up this book. We're talking to Randy and we're talking about her book, A Year of Living Mindfully. So Randy, what is a seasonal wellness kit and how do we assemble it? What is it? So it's basically just habits that serve your purpose of living more mindfully and more seasonally. And so thinking about how you're going to approach your health and well-being from the way that you exercise. The specific exercise that I talk about in the, in the book is yoga, um, but anything will work that gets your body involved, that gets you moving, that gets you sweating, that gets your you know, heart rate elevated, anything that you connect with to your physical self. That's one of the first things. Um, healing body work, I think, is also very, very important. So therapeutic massage, reflexology, anything that involves compassionate touch through, um, through massage therapy is amazing. And this can be, um, you know, with practitioners. It can be with you and a partner. It can be, you know, you can go someplace. You can have it done. You can bring them into your house, whatever mode. There's dozens of different modalities that can, you know, work for each individual from Swedish massage to um, Watsu, which is water therapy, which is another thing to do in the summer um, to connect to the water element. Um, But anything that's therapeutic body work, I think, is a key thing to bring into your life on a regular basis, Um, Mm -hmm. simply because... There's a spiritual component to it, and I think it also, not only does it put you in touch with obviously addressing areas of your physical well-being that may need, you know, a little tweaking, a little help, but it also gives you, uh, when it's done well and and purposefully with intention, it it, it is a form of, of re- reconnecting to your spiritual life because it's um there's a component to healing that is um that is spiritual um and healers who come through you know they channel their higher power and they bring that through their hands and they heal and um i think coming in touch with that on a regular basis is critical um plant healing so whether you're working with aromatherapy teas tonics herbs Somehow working with plants as medicine, I think, is really huge as a part of the wellness kit, just because our plant brethren have so much to offer us in so many ways. It's endless. It's uh, ongoing. It's There's so much to dive into on so many levels that 
you could spend your whole life working with plant energy and plant healing and never see the end of it. So it's just awesome and all-encompassing. And um, what plants have to teach us is amazing. So I just would urge everyone to kind of connect to plants in whatever simple way they can on a regular basis. Um, and then certainly focusing on how you take care of your um, outer health as well as your inner health. So how you treat food and nutrition is important. And then how you take care of your personal care, which is through your skincare, your beauty regimens, your anti-aging regimens, um, what you put on your hair, your lotions, all the kind of outer stuff that takes care of you is important. And then um, connecting through the other elements of what it means to be an aware human. Um, taking what you've done, all these different things that you've put into your kit, your well-being kit, and then um, moving that into an application of, you know, where you are in your community, with your home, with your family. But the wellness kit can be anything. It can be all of the things that I've suggested. You, you know, my idea is to help people put together something that is malleable it's going to change, your needs are going to change, your focus is going to change as you move through your life and the phases of your life. So uh, what you may think is important and want to do when you're in your 20s is something completely different after you've had children and or moved into your middle years or even your senior years. Um, So all of our needs change and we grow and change, but to have things that are constantly available to you. I think is key because we never know when we're going to need it. We never know when we're going to have crisis. We never know when we're going to have stress. We never know when we're going to have unexpected change in our lives. So to have a wellness kit that you can fall back on, habits and rituals that you can pull out of the kit and use in those moments when you need them the most is the key. And that's, again, going back to this idea of your yoga practice happens on your mat, yes, but the real application happens when you're out off the mat and how you put into use all these things that you've come to know. So that's what the wellness kit is. And then I just, you know, each through each season in the book, I talk about things to put in that wellness kit that might work. Yes. Perfect. So listeners, it is incredible. This book is so comprehensive and really beautifully uh, beautifully laid out. It's simple. It's elegant. So I want to remind you to go check out A Year of Living Mindfully with Randy Reagan. Randy, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it's been my pleasure, Julie. Thank you for having me. Oh, it has been my pleasure. You know, I'm just going to summarize this through a mix of narrative and journaling exercises, guided meditation, rituals, recipes. Like I said, it is so comprehensive. It interweaves seasonal themes into how-to tips. So you'll find creative and inspiring wisdom for exploring daily life with poetic mindfulness and central awareness. So thank you all for tuning in today. And remember, together we create connections for the greater good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.